Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and Class in Session. I'm Pure Scott. Uh, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by Theoni Becchiari. How are you, Theoni? Hi, nice to, to meet you. Nice to be here. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, it's that time of year here where it starts... Uh, raining at like mm. one o'clock in the afternoon for I'm in Florida. So summertime is, is nothing but rain. Oh, how are, how about yourself? How you doing? I'm really good. I'm from Greece and living in LA, which means only summer all year. <laughs> That's not fair. Just rub that in. <laughs> the two beautiful places. Oh, just Greece and LA. Mm. Nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Greece, I that's that's on my uh, on my list of places to go. I mean, the the food, the the culture, and all those mm. things. What what brings someone from Greece to LA? Well, studies for the most part. I am an actress. I I finished my master's degree in dramatology in Greece, actually, and then I came here to further my studies in acting in the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. So you have you're you're looking to pursue the creative arts and and acting and that kind of thing. Have you done any to date? Yes. Um since I am a student, I've only done student films so far. I am graduating uh, the 13th of this month, so pretty close oh, there. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm one of the classes that finished online. It was really ah, interesting. The first round of people that had to come out of the pandemic mm. acting online and, and moving forward that way. So you really experienced a lot of changes in the creative arts. Yeah, and it was so interesting. And I think I got so much, you know, one of the student films that I did was completely filmed online. It had, but the theme had to do with online. So it fitted so well. And I was really happy to see all these innovations. So the arts won't stop during this time, you know? Yeah, it's it's adapt and overcome. You know, it's, it's amazing what we can accomplish mm -hmm. when there are no capabilities in the past ways that we did things. Yeah. As soon as you put that up, it's what is it? The necess necessity is the mother of all invention or something like that. Yeah. Is that the phrase? <laughs> and yeah. And I, I loved how the arts really were able to, honestly, I felt like it flourished mm -hmm. while it paused for a certain amount of time, because I mean, there's the initial shock of everything that's yeah. happening, but if you want innovative people go to the artists they're gonna find a way to get their art out <laughs> like we are gonna act <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so what um what did you see during that time that really uh really struck you as a as a way to get out somebody's art was there anything in particular I think that before the pandemic, I had just started like two months at the academy, right? So when it hit, I was like, my dreams are over. Whatever I worked for is out to the trash. But it, 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 it felt like that click happened, you know, like 
everyone started finding ways like I've seen and I've been in so many different type of productions during the pandemic. Like there are some where we just address that we're online and you will look at each other at the screen. There are others that trick the audience and I look at the side and I'm playing with my lamp, but uh, you see that as if I'm playing with other person. We even did a short film online where we're supposed to be at the park with the other person. And if you see it, like 99%, you don't understand that we're not next to each other. That's amazing. You know, uh, when when we, uh, or when I first started working on this show, um, I had a co-host, his name was Eric, um, and he lived in Pennsylvania (laughs) and I live in Florida. So it took so long to be able to get our audio to match and sound a professional quality as if we were in the same room really took a long time. So I can, can definitely see how difficult that is. I couldn't imagine trying to integrate that style of video into it as well. So kudos to you guys, but Mm, see, I think, I think that um, your generation is the best to go through this because you adapt to change because everything changes like every 10 minutes for you guys. Yeah, I think that um, that's a basic thing of human beings. We adapt and we need to adapt, right? Because everything changes for us, but at least we got the internet. Like imagine when like pandemics happened in the past and people were just in the house and they knew nothing. I was really excited uh, to to create during this time. Like it gives you like... um, an excitement, doesn't it? It does. I feel like that um, I, because it's for me, I couldn't imagine what it would be like, right? It, to be around during like, say the Renaissance, let's use like the most, the, yeah. the, the most <laughs> influential time that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes on the back of so many catastrophic things, right? And yeah. so many situations. It's almost as if, because dynamics changed around art then. Everything mm-hmm. changed. And I feel like this is this generation or this lifetime's form of a renaissance because mm-hmm. it's it's forcing people to connect emotionally in ways that they never had to in the past. Yeah. They're having to forego all physical contact yet remain a human and remain contacted. Yeah. That is super hard to do and it's created some amazing art that bring people together. Exactly. And it made you like it made me realize um Except like everything has its ups and downs, but it made me realize how much a text is worth because me being in LA, not able to see my family now for a year and a half, I haven't seen them yet. It has been like the ability to see them on Skype calls or on any calls, you know, FaceTime them. That's exactly how we made the piece about it, actually. Well, I I made um, a self-productive um um, short movie that got picked up by a Yonder Window Productions and it w- it's called I Am Here and it's exactly about you know how alone we are but how with one text you can be there for someone and that's, that's beautiful and before we end uh, the, the show today make sure that you give us uh, where, where people can go to see that mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing story and you felt did you feel called to do that? Because of the situation, was it something that you felt was a necessity to put out? It was something that I needed. It was like my, okay, as a person, I have the motto, love is the answer, right? Mm. I believe that 
everything can be answered with love. And in the in this period of a lack of ability to show your love physically, I wanted to, I felt the love from my family through the internet and I felt the need to, to show my love to other people because I went through a dark month, I'd say, during this time. And I wanted to give that love to other people to be like, you know what? If you see this piece, it's like, what, two minutes? I am here, you know? <laughs> so Two minutes can, it can change someone's life forever. Yeah. It really can. I, I, I do agree with you um, in that uh, we we need to communicate better. I feel like though, um, what you're describing, you know, because text is, is is a horrible place to lose context very quickly, and and it can it can split families. Yeah. You know, lives can break in half over miscommunication. That's why I firmly believe in emoticons. If you're not using emoticons, then you're everybody on the other end is going to have a question mark every time you send it. They need True. to know that you said it with a smile. Yeah. They need to know that you, how you how you conveyed it. Um, but I think also that this may be a bridge to us making better connections with other cultures and mm. other people around the world without needing to be face to face anymore. Exactly. The fact that. Yeah, the fact that we were forced into a situation to have to do that within our own family, it allowed us to have that modicum of communication built. Mm -hmm. And once that's built, you have no more excuses for not talking to somebody in another country, you know, or understanding their plight. The mm -hmm. Internet's a great thing. It, yeah. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, but it does bring a lot of people. It calls you on the carpet. Now you got yeah. no choice. Be good or get the hell out. Yeah, that's so true. And also on that, I have, I co-host a YouTube channel called Blended, right? So it's about blending different cultures. And during, we started again a little bit, no, during COVID. But it was so awesome that like we hosted one of my friends from China. Like, how were we going to do that before? And we both tried Chinese snacks or snacks from China and my friend from Mexico, you know, so it really brings people together. I love that because there's so much to celebrate. We, we always focus on the differences. And I think the reason for that is, is we're scared that we don't understand them. And when we don't understand them, we don't know whether they're good, bad, or if they make us look good or bad. Mm -hmm. And we just choose not to engage or mm -hmm. to ridicule. Instead of celebrating great food, great culture, fun times. And by the way, snacks out of Asia. I, I lived in Japan. I can mm -hmm. tell you. First of all, the first thing I figured out is Americans eat shit super sweet, like super sweet. I noticed have, that. <laughs> our stuff is out of control compared to other countries. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and they, they have the most creative packaging in the world. True. <laughs> I was so amazed to see the noodles came with a spoon inside and I was like, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so simple. Yet it that's because like in uh in the convenience stores, you basically get like a full meal. I used to buy sushi in the convenience store and it wasn't scary. You know, like in the US, <laughs> if you buy sushi at a convenience store, you are guaranteeing a bad night. But <laughs> this is actually real sushi. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're um you're living in the pandemic. Yes. You're finding creativity, you're bridging gaps, you're coming up with new ways to reach people. 
But where were you in all of this? What happens to you when you're sitting there? Because we had to forego all kinds of relationships, all kinds. And when um, when we first started talking, you had mentioned that you were pansexual, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Being pansexual, what what is that like? Everyone's journey is different, right? So I I am under the umbrella of pansexual to describe my sexual attractions. So at first being in Greece, I didn't even know what pansexual is, right? I knew that I liked, well, back then I was like, I like both genders, but I don't feel connected with the word bisexual. So I was like, I'm just me. When I came to the US, I had a discussion with a friend of mine that helped me understand that it's what you feel comfortable with and you don't have to prove to anyone anything because I was like, yeah, but like, do I qualify for this label? Do I qualify for that other label? And I went through a whole journey. And the moment that I saw the word pansexual and the meaning of it, I was like, that's where I am because basically pansexual doesn't mean that I'm attracted to everyone, but it means that I am attractive to a person no matter their sex, gender, their sexual identity, you know? So you you brought up a great point. That's a huge misconception about what these gender specifications or how how people identify or where they're going. The when someone and you can correct me if I'm wrong yeah. here, please, that um, a lot of times people think that there's some kind of bonus attachment to nefarious sexual intention behind a gender specification or a declaration of what you or what someone feels attracted to. I feel like um, it started like when um, people used to say like, well, if somebody's gay, then uh, then they want to like be with every man on the planet and they're going to chase me down and they're going to act like this and they can't see me this way and all these things. Yeah. Is that something that you found comes along with it? I've, I've had that uh, misconception many times. I am, so far at least, I am in... Uh, monogamous relationships right every time like it that's my style I guess <laughs> but everyone when they hear pansexual they think that I'm doing crazy things with many people <laughs> and I'm not faithful and I'm like just chill it means that I can like you. it doesn't mean that I like you specifically you you know and then when I first came out as pansexual it was difficult for me to be okay how I let people know to differentiate that, oh, you know, you're my friend. I'm not attracted to you and you're not my friend. I'm attracted to you. And it took me so long to feel comfortable with, I don't have to specify it. Like you're my friend. I'm not hitting on you. You'll know if I hit on you. So would you say that was your own hang up internally that you didn't realize you had? It was, yeah. I was to a degree. Sure my my problem but it was a fear of making other people uncomfortable with who they think I am you know what was interesting it really helped me I had a friend who she had no idea what um pansexual is she had she didn't know many of the LGBTQ plus this is uncharted territory for myself as well For many people, and that's totally fine. I didn't know what transgender is like three years ago. And then I just educated myself because I feel it's really healthy to to ask questions. So she started asking me really, quote unquote, simple questions, right? For me, 
And I kept answering them and she educated herself on, on, on me, on me being her friend. The point is, if you ask questions and you come from a point where you really just want to learn and you're not just asking them to disprove another human being, then you're on the right track. And it doesn't matter how much you know, as long as you're open to learn. I, I like that. It's not how much you know, it's that you're open to learn. And it's a... I like that you brought this up because it's a two-way street in these situations because I think what what we fail to to realize as a society is that change is terrifying to people. Um, it's terrifying under every circumstance because it forces people to relook and evaluate their own internal moral, moral compass and as well as probably their own internal struggles that they had that they didn't say out loud their entire lives. Um, I don't know... I, I can't say that I, I understand or that I should um, mm. what somebody's preference of any kind is, yeah. but I can certainly respect anything that allows for someone to love another person or themselves. Nothing more, nothing less. Why would I have a problem with it? It's yeah. just simply a way to express love for another human in the way that you feel most comfortable, as far as I can see. Yeah. And for, and for yourself, because being true to yourself helps you be healthy in mind and body. And I would say that it's, it's really natural to have a fear of change. Like it's really ingrained in us. I studied it in university that it's one of the basic uh, mechanisms of, of survival, right? So the, the thing where we go wrong is that we take it as a fact instead mm. of as something that can change with with knowing more things. As you said before, due to internet, now we're exposed to so many information, right? And sometimes they're contradicted. So that makes us even more scared because everything is coming to us. What I would say is since it doesn't affect you and not affect you like, I don't like that because it's not happening to you. But if it doesn't affect you, then let it be and slowly at your own pace as you're comfortable ask questions that you want answers to but, I, I like that but you also have, nobody no sorry nobody's obliged i think yeah ob, ob, nobody's obligated. obligated to answer but hmm. you'll find answers if you ask questions you'll find the person to answer them you know and I think it comes from the position with which you ask, ask, ask the question from. If you genuinely, like you were explaining it, humans are, are filters, man. They're smart. We're, we, we know what we're doing. And it's, it's funny that when one human comes to another with their hands open or their heart open, genuinely, the other won't have a problem having a discussion because they can feel and know that this person's intentions are real. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way that we reciprocate things. Yeah. Just do unto others, you know, as simple as that. Though also there are some questions that we actually need to understand. And there are some questions that we're just curious, like many people ask, so what's your like private parts? I'm like, who asks that, what? you know? <laughs> they, they literally ask you that like, Not well, you me, know what? That just shows that there's a lot they, of confusion. Yeah. They ask many people that are like state that they're transgender. And I'm like, 
why like you only need to know the pronouns you know you don't need to know if you're not their partner you don't need to know or how how it happens you know I'm so bad though at people's names that I feel like pronouns are even worse for me and this is just being honest like I don't really I don't try to dress anybody as anything but person, you know, because that's just what people are. But I could honestly say that there is no way that I would not trip over my, you know, my vowels and consonants a couple of times before I fuck it up and use the wrong pronoun. I know I would. What do you do then? Are you, because I feel like people are afraid that if they adopt this and they make mistakes and I'm, I'm speaking for people that I don't know, but I can only make a guess about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one, I feel like they, they feel like they are being told that they were never right before mm-hmm. and they should be ashamed of their past, you know, understandings of, of life. And then, you know, the other half is they just, they don't know what's going to happen if they screw it up because there are on both sides, there's always a radical side of people that will push something the wrong way Mm -hmm. and it diffuses the ability of everybody else to just simply have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there are going to be those people that will be terrified to say anything or that they're going to screw it up. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Well, I would, I'm not an expert on the subject, but what I would do because me being part of the LGBTQ plus community doesn't mean that I don't do mistakes, you know, or that I, I won't screw up at some point. I feel like If you do a mistake, if you unpurposely misgender someone and you realize, just like admit that you did a mistake and show that you didn't mean to and like fix it. You know, it's like doing any other mistake. Yes, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be awful because the mistake happened, but it's better to show them that it wasn't from a bad place since it happened. Also, another kind of easy fix is. You can just, when you introduce yourself to someone, to state your pronouns, like, hi, I'm Theone Bicari, I go by see her. And then the other person will state their pronouns and then no problem, you know? Wow. Uh, see, and this is new to me um, because I've never, I, I, to be honest, it, it showed up on my radar in an email. I don't watch the news. I do not watch the news, um, but like, uh, during the pandemic, I turn it on once a day to make sure there's no COVID zombies and I shut it back <laughs> off. I don't need to know what the hell anybody else is thinking. I got enough shit in my own head, yeah. right? So I was not aware of this, um, you know, the degree of it. That's not to say that it did not have the weight that it does. It is extremely important. If it hurts one person in their heart, it's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. right? And it needs to be addressed and we have to look at people and allow them to be who they are. Mm -hmm. It was was new to me though. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I didn't understand squat. And like you said, the, the whole like, when someone said pansexual to me, I was... I didn't know. Of course, the human mind goes to what different types of things have been said to you till then, Mm -hmm. how you can differentiate. I landed somewhere around like that has to be somebody it's pan. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's the world, right? That's, that's all inclusive. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing that's somebody that includes everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that nobody wants everybody at the same time, <laughs> right? So that's probably not it. And yeah. um, I, I did, I did have a moment where I was like, "Well, I wonder what 
gender goes along with that scenario because mm-hmm. there's so many different words out there. But I think this is what people need to hear. Yeah. Well, that's easier for me to kind of answer again for myself because I can't speak for all pansexual people. I don't have a degree on like sexual studies. You mean you guys don't, you all don't know each other? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not a club? <laughs> Well, if there is a club, please let me know. I'd like to be a part of it. But <laughs> I love that. <laughs> For me, it doesn't have to do at all with the gender. If you're a human being, I may, may, I say I may be attracted to you given the like circumstances it's and the way you think. It's funny that you have stuff. to say may. It's, it's <laughs> funny that you have to say may. Like, yeah. everybody on the planet saying may <laughs> like, because it's it's whether or not you are like, yeah. I may I'm gonna get a shirt that says I may yeah I, <laughs> Just I, may. I may that's nice <laughs> that's nice actually hey academics have you endured life's tragedies trials and tribulations did you adapt and overcome do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now back to class. The thing that I saw during the pandemic was all this um, like craze about men wearing skirts and how that's not manly and stuff. And I just wanted to say as a person that has studied history as my degree, right? I have a master's. We don't even need to look that back, but so many uh, civilizations and cultures, the men wear skirts and that's so manly. You know? I gotta say, if there was a set of gear that you could wear with a man's set, you know, setup down there, I'm thinking skirt is the easiest thing to let you <laughs> breathe and run around. Exactly. I'm just saying, man, a lot of hunters were Native Americans, wore you know the cloths, they ran across the yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lack of chafing in that scenario. Yeah, and not only that, in Greece, the ancient Greek warriors, they were wearing fustanella, which is a skirt, basically, and they would show their private parts uh, in battle to scare the enemy, right? So it was really on the air. No, 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 no. hold on a minute, hold on a minute. They would, they would flash their enemies. They, so it had to be some kind of like, did they, uh, God, man. See, now you... I was, this was such a clean show. We were talking about hard hitting things, but I got to know, was this like, you know, that did they grab like all the dudes that were known for being the biggest and put them out in front just to make those guys feel worse? Or um, I can't imagine what, like, I'd probably laugh if somebody like yeah. stood in a line and did that. I'd feel like it was a, like Monty Python or some shit. I, my brother had the same question when we learned about that. He was like, did they just find the best people that's, in the that's village? That's some leftover monkey stuff, right? That's <laughs> leftover monkey stuff. Like Joe Rogan says that. Like that's got to be like, don't gorillas or monkeys or somebody they do like a penile display? Mm, I think I I've know. heard that term before. Where I they like get aggressive. All, <laughs> all animals display their best parts, like peacocks and everyone, and like even in society now, people like showcase their best part so i guess that's where that was their best part 
and they so man, that's, that's that's not a very good part man i got it i'll i'll take one for the team and say we don't have nothing that looks great there it's a situation that i feel bad for whomever is on the other end of that situation because it's just gross <laughs> men are disgusting well, I wouldn't say that. It's a really fun joke. <laughs> yeah. We tend to be pretty gross, but you know, that's at least at least the the men that I grew up around. We yeah. we were not the most attractive uh, breed. <laughs> you know, that's so funny because we say I I think that men are more allowed, quote unquote, to be openly disgusting. Like women, typically, yes. if they are disca- like disgusting, again, quote unquote, they have to keep it a dirty secret. So women are the most oppressed people on the planet. And I know that I just probably pissed off the world and so many different races. But, dude, you guys have been in servitude for as long as we can remember. You've been said that you are not enough of a human next to your mate, you know, or told, geez, just let's look at nowadays. Hi, little girl. When you're old enough, we'll give you this set of stuff to rub on your face so you're acceptable in society. Yeah. How fucked up is that? Yeah. Right? Women have been screwed over and over and over again throughout time. Fuck, you just got started voting in the U.S. Like, (laughs) Like, there are people alive that they couldn't vote as women. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. There are, yeah, there are men. It's crazy to me how people can look at other people and be like, yeah, not equal with me, not, not human enough in general, you know, Mm. women too, but in general, it just amazes me. I'm not, I don't know. I'm really, I, I, I have faith in humanity though. Like I do too. I do too. I feel like, um, and maybe correct me or not even correct me if I'm wrong. I yeah, want to get your opinion on this. I feel like that part of this is evolutionary. I feel like we've outgrown certain mindsets that got us to where we are and they were required in order to thrive as a, you know, a human population. Be it, you know, societal norms or, you know, jobs or whatever they are, Mm -hmm. Um, but that we've hit a breaking point and that you can no longer continue to differentiate yourselves between people because it's actually anti-symbiotic and that it hurts us. And actually, when we discriminate from within, it's just cancer and a larger organism of humanity. And I feel like your generation, um, be it so many different ways, um, as we're discussing, are bridges to the gaps of bringing people ultimately empathetic to one another mm-hmm. and not worrying about who cares, who's screwing who, mm-hmm. right? Because that really makes no sense to me. I don't care who's doing what behind whatever door or who they love or who they identify as or whatever else. Yeah. Just be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just be cool. I like that. <laughs> It's our, that's our, uh, that's our tagline. Be cool. Keep learning. Wow. I love that. Especially the keep learning part and the be cool. <laughs> you can only be something unless you decide to repeat it. You can only be someone once mm-hmm. you, you can, you can repeat the good acts or you can, you can uh, stop repeating them. Mm-hmm. Right. And the same with the bad. Right. But we got to let people move on from old ways of thinking with ease. Yeah. You can't 
You can't let somebody take on a new understanding and smack them for what they used to believe. It just, you know, it, no, I'm not saying you. I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. as a whole, in any situation, we have to in, in change. I agree. I see at the same time, like, it's so important to not completely shock people because that just closes them down. Mm. Um, but at the Both same ways. time, yeah, but at the same time, you can't tell people that are oppressed, like, and it has been told so many years, so many different oppressed groups that like, yeah, slowly wait, like you're better where you, where you were five years ago. So it's really, it's really interesting, but something that my dance teacher said, but I, I took it to my life too, is that if it feels like it's escaping you by two seconds, you're in the right pace to learn. So if you feel like it's a little too much for you, you're in the right pace to learn or to change. Stay uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Stay uncomfortable. No, you should. you should. Because it keeps you, it gives you the ability to continue to change. Yeah. If you're, if you're stagnant in your beliefs, you're not going to, you're not going to become a more well-rounded person. You're not going to become a more accepting human if you think that yours is the only way when you haven't heard the full story of the other side so that you can relate because what people don't realize is that the love is no different between two people in uh, in gender specifications than it is between the old dynamic or whatever dynamic there is mm -hmm. love is love it yeah. just is yeah i i would say that the problem for me is where people have their way of thinking and that's the one and only truth that's problematic in literature too like mm. people in literature have not decided on a text for centuries and then one person comes and is like no how i direct it is the only truth and that's problematic because it's one way and it's amazing what you're doing but it's not the only way so when people i feel realize that them accepting other ways of life doesn't really have to change their way of life you know because people accepting for example gay marriage doesn't mean that they need to to do that they they need to to marry a person of the of the same sex you know so when you see that your way is one of the of the colors of the rainbow for example that's when you start understanding because the fear has to minimalize right because it doesn't affect you so why are you scared of it so i i, I agree with you um and I would like to also add on to that, that you're that group of people that you're discussing, the ones that are sitting and stonewalling any additional knowledge or anything of that nature. Two things. One, I would say that there's no need to change their mind. And two, there's no need to even, I guess, two, two is kind of a moot point with the first. So I, I would say that anytime someone has that kind of position, where they're vehemently or adamantly denying someone else's being or who they are, it's a mirror. Mm. It is and always will be a mirror. And I don't care who out there tells me anything different. That's how we work. Mm. It's yin and yang. We scream at what we are because we're not allowed to be it ourselves. I can guarantee you the ones that stonewall are the ones that hurt the most. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that really do not know that they feel 
or they even know. They know. Mm -hmm. They know deep down that they have the same feelings as every color in that rainbow or whichever one is theirs. Whichever one belongs to them, they're just, they have lived a life long enough and under enough societal norms to hate themselves to the degree that they have to give it to anybody else because they don't want them to be happy if they can't be. That's really interesting. As an actress, I have been called to play characters whose views did not understand. And the trick there is that the audience should not feel like the actor does not agree with the role. You know, like if I play a homophobic, I should not approach them for from a place of hate to show that I'm not homophobic. You know, the, the biggest trick is to approach the role from from a place of love, like really mm. love and understand that person without that meaning that you will eventually agree with them. But that's what gave me the idea about what you said before and what we said about love being the answer. Like if you're mm. Why are you like that? Why are you scared? Why blah, blah, blah. So it gives me, again, a, a way of saying to every person that I am trying to understand you and I am ready to give you all my love and answers and any questions. And I feel like the new generation is taught more from society to not hate is going to be able to multiply that love. That's my hope. I, I agree with you. And I think that that is happening. I think that, um, you know, there's, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be people that will never, ever, ever change. And that's, that's just fact. Um, and what I would like to see is not that we don't continue to affect change because we should, we should, con we could, con should continue to push forward with change, acceptance and those types of things. What I would like to see is people in that rainbow, not suffer continuously taking on the hate from people that will not change. And what I would like to see is for them to have the acceptance enough that whatever words or thoughts that those people have, they are not yours to bear. Mm -hmm. It's their cross to bear and leave it with them. Um, it shouldn't be something that you take internally. Yeah, exactly. And how I see it, because people are going to hate on another person, no matter. You can be the most quote unquote pretty person in the world, the most perfect, and they're going to hate you because you're so perfect and fake. If someone wants to hate on you for something, they will find it. I just feel sorry for the person that gives the hate or that is really hateful towards a group of people because imagine they have to live every day seeing the thing that they hate so at the end of the day they live a life full of sadness and anger so that's a horrible place to be yeah. it, it's but and the fact of the matter is, is it's a choice internally to take on any of those things, any of the, anything, for God's sakes, any emotion, any, you know, mental issue or any of those things, they, we're, we're backed into such a corner and our generations before us, much more so than ourselves, they, they, they don't realize that the game is what's causing the mental issue, not the people around them. 
The fact that they even exist, that people have to navigate a social construct in order to find love. What kind of mating ritual is a fucking prom, right? Let's think about that. In order for two people to think about mating, because they're all trying to do it at that age, right? You have to you have to work for like six months, get a, you know, you got to rent a tux, you got to do this, you got to buy a flower, put it on a wrist, go and do all these things. We're fucking nuts. And then it took it it cracked the world when two people wore tuxedos or two people wore a dress or they flipped it around. Like who gives a fuck what they wear? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know, just be cool. <laughs> you know what's crazy? We don't have prom in Greece. <laughs> so oh, you don't? No. So whatever what I've seen from movies, but I understand totally the reference. <laughs> no, I almost forgot something. And I, I have to show you this before we end the show because yes. I have to talk about this. Yes. Hold please. on just one second. All right. So you're from Greece. Yes. And I encourage you to go back and listen to a very old episode um, where Eric and I had uh, something we called it. It's like a detention episode. It's like 15 minutes long. And mm-hmm. um, we had an episode where we were discussing world um, like traditions, things mm-hmm. like Santa Claus mm-hmm. or the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. In this particular instance, it was the tooth fairy. Right. And we were reading through what different countries, you know, and how they, you know, which ones they, mm-hmm. they have. And Greece came up <laughs> and we found out that, um, and I, I, I'm not sure if this is correct because the internet lies all the time, mm-hmm. but that you throw the teeth on the roof of the house mm-hmm. after you lose them as a kid. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's true. What, what you didn't know, what you didn't know about your tradition, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. Mm-hmm. This here is called the tooth pelican, <laughs> and in Greece, when your teeth leave the roof, it's actually a pelican that comes in, picks up the teeth, carries them back to Mister Papadopoulos, who actually has a leather strap on his arm, and he wrangles it, and they bring the teeth back to him. <laughs> In their in their pouch under their neck. That's beautiful. You know how many Papadopoulos we have in Greece? Exactly. <laughs> it was the most stereotypical name we could come up with. I love this. I love this telling you. You, tell you. you have to tell your children. You have to tell your children. For you know sure. where this came from? We Wait. had a listener in Australia, Damien. He 3D printed this to one for each of us, painted it and sent it. It's going to be in the studio forever. But I just wanted you to know that <laughs> further portion of your culture. Thank and you. If you, don't, if you don't pass that on to your children, I'm going to be very hurt. Thank you so much. They'll see me uh, wherever I am in the world, throwing teeth on the rooftop. <laughs> Waiting for the tooth pelican. <laughs> That's, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful little um, pelican. Like, I was going to ask you where you bought it. I want one for myself. <laughs> You know what? That should be a piece of merch that we uh, that we end up doing down the road. I'll I should buy probably, it. We should. No, I bet you have to, <laughs> dude. Theoni, I I can't thank you enough for for coming on here and really opening up about things that are so so personal, so deep. And um, I wanna I wanna thank you from the bottom of my heart for having that courage and that candor to put yourself in front of people and say things like this. Yeah. Thank you. It was so nice being here with you. It just felt like a talk with a friend. That's, you know, and that's what I aim for. I, I prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and I appreciate that. I, you're always welcome to come back. And if there's anything to everybody out there, if there's anything I said that you did not think was correct, or if you think that I could use some further understanding, send me an email, show at the tragedyacademy.com. I'm always open to learning more things. Um, Theoni, is there, uh, do you have any social media that you want to put out there for people to look you up? Or if you want to put out your YouTube channel? Yeah, on Instagram, probably you can see all of my newest projects and projects to come, which is uh, my name, like Steoni.Bekari. Not really we'll have that. Spell. The, we'll have that. Yeah, no, it'll be in the show notes and uh, it'll be in the post that we put out. So yeah. they'll be able to find you pretty easily. Nice. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, remember, academics, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics, thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at the Tragedy Academy 2019, on TikTok at the Tragedy Academy, and on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info, and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at thetragedyacademy.com. Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool, keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items, things like the fly was over four inches to the left or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey. You'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM. A team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink. They don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. 
I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the AM. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.